All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna start this thing. I think. <laughs> Pour over, baby. Whoa. Okay, world of baseball fans, this is Underdogs, the number one Toronto Blue Jays daily show without a budget in the world. <laughs> My name is Jacob Eman, here with me, like he is every single day, every weekday, that is, David Patrick Fleming. Um, it's, it's Wednesday, no, it's Tuesday. It's Tuesday, September 22nd, the first day of fall. And it's all falling away, isn't it? Do you? Are you? I know you're a fan of September, David. Are you a fan of the fall? I I don't know. I feel good today. I'm just gonna go out. I'm gonna put myself out there. I I know that's a a difficult what? thing to, to say and for you to hear. I feel like I've betrayed you. I feel good today. I don't know if it's the fall. I don't know if I just woke up on the right side of the bed. I don't know if it's the delicious Nespresso's that I've been drinking this morning. I love my delicious <laughs> Nespresso's. Yeah. Okay. Well, you got on a you got on a nice white shirt. You kind of got yourself all gussied up to to record this audio show. I like that. Um, is it is that is that, was that from your doctor audition yesterday? This is no. This is like a this is like a an athletic white short sleeve shirt. This isn't a nice shirt. This has sauce on it. I used to wear this serving tables. It, it literally has bolognese sauce. Well, on I can't it. see that. All I can I see know. is the nice I, I collar, the like nice cut. I can see your like freshly shaved face. I have a freshly shaved face either. I, I don't know what camera you're looking at. I haven't shaved my face freshly for like a year. You're telling me you didn't, you didn't do something to your face for that that audition where you're playing a doctor yesterday that I read with you? I trimmed it down a bit. Okay, but so that's... What you're talking about is a freshly shaved face, and no, I ain't doing that. I don't do that for nobody. Well, oh, I know I know that. I know that, that... But I could still tell that it's different than it was yesterday when we recorded. Okay. Look, when I come on here, uh, I, I just assume this is just an audio thing, so I don't think I'm going to be outed on my physical appearance. But so far, you've made a comment on my face, my shirt. Now I feel like tomorrow I have to wear a three-piece suit just in order to. I'm just trying to feel give, good about myself. I'm just trying to give the listeners who are listening through audio some sort of visual experience, a full experience. I, I get all of the senses going. I want them to smell the Nespresso and the body odor <laughs> coming from your screen. And I want them to see the shirt with the bolognese and be able to, 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 to sense the, the touch of the, of the, of the bolognese. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Uh, Toronto Blue Jays had a <laughs> <laughs> love that transition. That was that was so great. The Toronto Blue Jays <laughs> had a stunning victory last night. Um, uh, they really turned the tables on those Yankees. I would say brought them back to Buffalo. Did what we do to them in Buffalo. Um, embarrassed them. I would say um, really great. Great victory. Um, some, some huge performances. Mr. Alejandro Kirk 
Uh, we'll talk about him a bit later, um, perhaps a little bit under the radar. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. having a huge night, uh, a bit overshadowed by uh, Mr. Kirk. But I want to, I want to, I want to get right into it, David. I want to hear, you know, because I watched the game by myself, and I, you know, I have my experience, but I know that you over there in your world were watching the Blue Jays game, and I was wondering if you could relay to me what the experience of that was like. I will relay it to you. That's a great way to put it. Just a relay. Just a 20-fucking-minute relay. Mm -mm, mm -mm. (laughs) No, not 20 minutes. (laughs) Oh, sorry. I wrote it for 20 minutes. You got to cut on the fly. Okay. All right. All right. Let's keep this loose. Let's keep this free. Let's make this game diary that is brought to you today by Nespresso and also brought to you by speaking in your true sound. Uh, Hey, you ever been bullied, slapped in the face and called a freckled ginger freak, a pink skinned scrawn bag with an alien shaped head and terribly huge knees? I have. And that's what the Yankees did to the Blue Jays last week. Well, now that bully is back in town and how the Jays react to it is going to be very important. There's no high road to take here, gentlemen. Dick kicks allowed. Whatever it takes. We got Maddie Shoemaker on the mound, so why don't you cobble us some nice Italian leather that we can wear as we strut into the playoffs? Look, I know you already murdered Derek Fisher, and it feels unfair to ask for anything else, but we need you. In the first, there is a shot of Judge on first base standing next to Vladdy, and it is breathtaking. Judge makes Vladdy look like he's me. And Vladdy makes me look like I'm Christian Bale in The Machinist. And I make Christian Bale in The Machinist look like, well, my grandmother's bones. (laughs) Oh, that feels awful. Why did I say that? Shoemaker gets out of the first with a nice double play. Yanks have Michael King on the mound. Boring. We trade zeros after one. Shoemaker seems confident and in control. Like he's like my older brother who's back in town from, I don't know, like the war. And he's standing up to the bully. And the bully's like, oh, no. His brother's back from the war, but he walks Glaber Torres and Urshela bops one into center and that drives him in. It's one nothing juice monkeys. Ooh, an actor I know is in a yogurt commercial. That's a really tough ass to look into the camera and make people think the yogurt you're eating is delicious and also sexy, I guess. Even if the yogurt is good, it's hard to have to say that with your face. And I'm serious, really. Try it at home. It's awful. God. Chad Fairchild, the home plate ump, gets cracked in the face with a foul tip. And here we are just waiting for him to, I don't know, say goodbye to his family and get his will in order. It's taking forever. In comes some schmuck from the outfield to be the new home plate umpire. It looks like two kids stacked on top of each other in their father's clothes pretending to be an adult. God. <laughs> But we are back, and Vladdy skies one to center field. Hicks can't find it in the lights, and Vladdy gets a Buffalo special. He's on third with a triple, but he doesn't score. Dan Schulman laughs like Dr. Hibbert on The Simpsons. In the third, Alejandro Kirk, I'll call him Puddin, is at the dish, and he rips a single to left field, stepping up to the moment. Yes, Jonathan Davis strikes out. Biggio walks. Bichette singles to left, and Puddin chugs home from second base. The man can motor. It's 1-1. Teoscar singles and drives in. And Biggio is 2-1 Jays. Guriel strikes out and up comes Randall Grishik, who also singles and scores Bichette 3-1. I love the small ball. Michael King out.
out Loisaga in and up next it's the prodigal son and he doubles and it's 5-1 massive inning the tides are turning shoemaker is out after three and in comes tj zoik and he goes one two three in the fourth putting at the dish and he doubles you keep that ball that's your first big league extra base hit i love this guy Davis is hit by a pitch and Fischio walks. Bases are juiced for Bo. He hits an 0-2 fastball into center field and drives in Puddin. It's 6-1. Hernandez chops the ball to third and the throw home. He's safe. 7-1. Run up the score. This is your house. Guriel, fielder's choice. 8-1. Grishik walks. Another double for Vladdy. 9-1 Jays. This is a route, folks. The dicks are out and they're swaying to and fro. And oh my God, I'm in love with Ivanka Osmak. And oh my God, Pudding crushes one to right field. It's off the fence. So, of course, it's a single. But have a night. He's three for three. And in the sixth, Grishik dings his first dong in weeks. And everything seems like it's happening happening at the right time 10-1 Jays in the seventh putting belts a pitch to deep right and it's gone it's gone it's his first big league homer he is four for four is he our savior he's five foot eight tall and six foot two wide and he is manhandling these yanks what a night Everyone is hugging him and loves him so much. It's actually quite beautiful. I love this team. I believe in this team. The Jays destroy the schoolyard bullies. Font gets into trouble in the ninth. He doesn't look right, but we're not talking about that. He lets about three runs and makes the final 11-5. But make no mistake, the Kings of New York are back. Wow, you really brought it today, David. Hey, man. And those edits, playoff time. Those it's edits that you time, did on the fly there, <laughs> loved those cuts. Loved those yeah. cuts. Uh, here's a question for you: How nervous is Danny Jansen feeling this morning? I don't know if he feels nervous. He probably just feels inadequate. He probably feels a deep anxiety. He's probably embarrassed. Yeah. Um, kids never played above A, and he goes four for four. This first dinger just. Incredible plate approach, hitting the ball to right field. Here's Danny Jansen. I mean, look, it's one game. Danny Jansen's had one good game for sure. But what an endearing guy. He hasn't had one good game this good. <laughs> no, on the level of one good game this good, his one good game this good wasn't this good. But he did have one good game. and But it, he doesn't have that same factor Kirk has, no. that endearing, lovable savior of the team. Yeah. He's the savior of the team. No, Danny Jansen's got like that like nerd like he like studied all night for the test and Alejandro Kirk just came in and fucking cheated. Yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody loves him. I just it's so endearing. Yeah. Um but like even that one good game feels like it almost equals an entire season of of bad games of Danny Jansen. I mean, if you take if you take away Danny Jansen's grand slam in Buffalo that night, I I'm actually curious like how, <laughs> how long it's going to take Kirk if he's going to if Kirk's going to like get the same number of hits as Danny Jansen by the end of this week. <laughs> yeah, that would be so embarrassing. Hey, hey Danny, how many hits do you have? 9. Oh, cool. I have 11. I've been here for a week. <laughs> yeah. Um it's 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 curious. I mean, there's a lot of talk of how much he's going to play in the playoffs, whether or not he should play in the playoffs, and I feel like obviously he should. <clears throat> I, I get that it, it makes sense for 
for Danny Jansen to catch Hunjin Ryu, I guess. I guess. Yeah, I mean, that is just a guess. Like, who knows? Who who actually knows? Like, I, maybe it isn't. Maybe it's fine for Alejandro Kirk to just be our full-time catcher from here on out. <laughs> all, all I know is that they're saying that Danny Jansen should catch Ryu because he's been catching him all season and catching Ryu is hard. But all I I feel like all I've heard this entire season is about what a struggle it is for Danny Jansen to catch Hunjin Ryu and how difficult he finds it and how long they take to get on the same page. I mean, I'm curious. Thursday rolls around. This week, I think, is is uh, Ryu's go time. Why not? Why not throw Kirk out there? See how he does with him. See what. See what. Uh, I mean, I'm sure there's a ton of stuff that actually goes on behind the scenes with with Danny <laughs> Jansen and Hunjin Ryu. Even just seeing those videos of of uh, Ryu telling Danny Jansen exactly where he wants uh, Danny Jansen to set up for his cutter and all of that. There's 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 a lot of stuff that goes into it. So obviously, it doesn't make it makes sense for the actual team. But you know, for us out here who who know nothing, it, it would be great. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it's tough at this point to break the rhythm if that's a thing that matters to Ryu because you're going into the playoffs and still, even though, you know, Shoemaker looked good last night and he definitely looked good, he only threw three innings. And so that makes Ryu really your only like confident shot at a victory in a first round playoff series. So whatever Ryu wants, I think Ryu gets. And if Ryu points to Kirk on the bench and says, you, my man, Kirk comes up, he's like, let's do this. Yeah. We got to see as much Kirk as we can this this weekend, right? Or this week? Yeah, I mean, it could all change. He could go over five five strikeouts tonight if he played, which I don't think he is. But let's say he does, and then we'd be like, "Ugh, send him down." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's just the way this is. Robbie Ray's great; he's trash. Tom Walker's great; he's trash. Alejandro Kirk's amazing. Get rid of him. Yeah. Did you see what you needed from Matt Shoemaker last night, uh, man? Here's one of the things like I felt like he was confident in control. I thought, you know, he had a couple of walks um, early, but the fact that he hadn't pitched in as long as he had, he seemed really composed. And there was a moment where a ball was hit to Biggio and he made an error and it was like, oh, here we go. The floodgates always open in these moments because the other team's going to capitalize mm-hmm. on that error. And Shoemaker got out of it, and you know it. It was another shot to Biggio, and he made the play yeah, and threw him out. I so you that. know, it's not it's it's not just Shoemaker doing it, but that was a pivotal moment to me, where it was like he can get it done even through these mistakes that that the Blue Jays tend to make on the field. Yeah. So I, I did see what I needed last night. It has to be a step forward on uh, what is it Saturday that he pitches, or I can't remember, but he's got to pitch longer for sure. We got to see him be healthy and pitch longer. Yeah. Yeah. It's curious. I thought he looked, I thought he looked amazing. Like I thought his, his stuff looked electric. His fastball velocity was up than what it had been. His intensity, you know, like him and Taiwan Walker both have a lot of intensity. There's something more, um, vicious about shoemakers intensity. If, 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 if that makes any sense, it looks more, uh, more specifically angry. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I can't, I can't really explain it right now. I, I didn't think about this beforehand, but there's something yeah. about Shoemaker that I don't know. I wish that I, if, if it were me, I'd be maybe trying to figure out if I could line up Shoemaker for, for game two um, instead of Taiwan Walker, especially if we need that victory. Well, I mean, of course we need the victory. Yeah. Yeah. You're definitely going to need the victory in a three game series, but I agree. I, there, he has an intensity to him. He has a comfortable 
nature to him on the mound. And I don't know if it's because he's dealt with injuries so many times in his career and he's always had so many setbacks that he's just like so locked in, like, fuck it. Here is my chance. This is my next chance to prove myself and to, because he is a really great pitcher who's just been fucked with injuries his whole career. And giving him the chance in a playoff game when he, he knows that, you know, he might never get that again in his life. What kind of intensity totally. he'd bring in that kind of a game? I'm, I, I, I would love to see that, and I think something similar will happen with Taiwan Walker. But, um, you know, if I if I can get Matt Shoemaker out there for four innings, bring in the bring in the bullpen after that, uh, I'm 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 quite excited about that. Yeah, I'm excited about that. I would love it to be a little bit longer than four innings, but I hear you. Yeah, well. <clears throat> It's it's playoffs, man. These at bats are going to be intense. They're going to be tough. Yeah. P- every pitch is going to matter. They're going to be exhausted. Um, so yeah, of course you want more than four innings. But if I can get if I can get Shoemaker out there and then get Merriweather out for two, bring in Barucky for a couple of lefties. If Tampa Bay has any, <laughs> uh, no, they do. They 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 have a lot of lefties. Did you, they had a game? Or last week or something where they had the entire lineup was lefties. It was nine lefties in a row. Well, they have a lot of switch hitters, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's tough. That's really tough. So in any case, uh, it's curious. Do you feel like do you feel like now, at least with Shoemaker, that you're less interested in a full bullpen game, or do you still want one of those games? Like, would you rather have Shoemaker over Taiwan Walker and then have a bullpen game? Or, or do you really want those three going in a row? Ryu, Walker, Shu. I think last night was just like a little breath of relief. It's like, okay, he's back. He didn't hurt himself. He looks great. That's a real possibility for him to start a game two in a playoff series. You've also got Taiwan Walker. Kind of need to... I don't fully trust a Taiwan walker start but it's an option and then you've got the bullpen but i mean the bullpen hasn't been the jays bullpen of mid-season that was so dominant the number one bullpen in the league so there's still a lot of ifs but it was definitely a step forward for me and i would if right now you had to choose i'm going shoemaker game two for sure right yeah it's funny like this whole season and I don't know if it would be like this on 162, but because of the nature of this season and because of the way our team works, there is no consistency other than Ryu. So we can say that we feel good about Matt Shoemaker today. You know, Matt Shoemaker might get demolished his next start. Taiwan Walker will probably have a bad start next time. And it's just like, you never, we never know. And same with the bullpen now at this point. Yeah, you're right. Earlier in this season, I'd be like, we need a bullpen game. They're the best things that we've got on this team other than Ryu. Get those pitchers out there. I want the whole game bullpen. But now it's like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Well, it's it's, it's, good. Just a, it's just a coin toss no matter what. We go into these playoffs and who knows. Ryu's really the most consistent thing on the team, even if you look at the offensive yeah. <clears throat> core of the team. Uh, so many ups and downs. Yeah. But Ryu's very, very consistent. That's why he's such a good guy to have for game one. And I really hope that they get to time that out for him to be in game one. It absolutely looks like they are. Yeah. I mean, their magic number is three at this point. So I, I, I can't foresee a situation in which that Baltimore series this weekend is extremely meaningful. So they should be able to um, 
time Ryu out for game one quite easily. Yeah, I think he's set up for that now. Um, what I I need to see Nate. I like it's 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 scary how how we haven't seen him yet. Like where where is he? I know he threw a bullpen or something yesterday. To to be counting on this guy and to maybe be needing him as a late inning, maybe even like a closer or an eighth inning guy, and we haven't seen him since who knows when, and he's coming back hopefully this week. It's it's really intense. Yeah, it is, and we should also say um, Ken Giles has elected to have Tommy John surgery, so we'll never see him in a Blue Jays uniform again. I don't imagine. I thought that sucks, man, because he's so much. He's so good for the team, and he's such a great guy to watch when he's locked in. But yes, back to the Nate Pearson thing. The the time is fucking ticking on that, mm-hmm. and we haven't seen him yet. And he's gonna. You don't want to just have him have his first appearance in the playoffs. No. So I, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to see him either. I, well, I, apparently we are. Apparently we're going to see him before the playoffs. Um, but like what happens like if he goes out there and he just walks the bases loaded and can't get out of it, then what? You know? Well, then you know. I mean, then you know. That's the only way you find out by giving a guy an opportunity and you see what happens. I mean, if, if he does do that, you know, it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> but we need to know, and he needs to know. Yeah. The team needs to know. How how do you treat Roddy Telez if he can't come back until the playoffs? He's he's started baseball activities, but can you bring back a guy like him uh, with the injury that he had and not get any reps until the playoffs? Do you even bother? Do you trust a Rowdy Telez? I love Rowdy a lot, but to come in and not be taking swings and come make his debut back on the Blue Jays, during the playoffs, is that worth it to you? I I don't know. When when they were showing shots of Rowdy Telez in the outfield going through his drills to test out his knee, he still didn't look like it still looked very ginger. Do you know what I mean? Like he's gingerly kind of hopping up on that knee and trying to put power into uh, whatever the trainer who was helping him out with that. That's a tough thing to come back from. You know, if his knee was a hundred percent. I guess you give him a crack. He had just come so far before he got mm-hmm. hurt. He'd come so far in his approach, and he 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 wasn't swinging at those trashy sliders and curveballs down in the dirt. And he was making the pitchers come to him. I don't know. I uh, I don't I don't I don't trust him. But I feel I feel bad saying that. I don't even know why I feel bad. It doesn't really matter. But no, I don't trust him. I feel like he needs reps to get back to where he was. Yeah, and he needs to feel a hundred percent healthy. Yeah. I guess like if if the option is I don't know uh, Travis Shaw or Rowdy Telez, it it it's getting close to me. I'm probably still gonna go with Shaw, especially at at the dish. But yeah, I mean Shaw's more seasoned than Rowdy Telez. Shaw's been in bigger moments than Rowdy Telez. He's you know he's a veteran. He's been an everyday player. Um, so I do trust Shaw in a, in a bigger playoff moment more than Rowdy. Obviously it would be amazing for Rowdy to have this incredible playoff moment where he came through and was a hero. I would like to see that more, but, um, I would trust Shaw more. Can we, I just want to take a second here to give a shout out to us who like, I don't know, two weeks ago, a week and a half ago have 
been on Travis Shaw. Well, we've been on Travis Shaw since the beginning of the season, but about a week and a half ago, we were like, we need to see Kevin Bijou at third base. They can't, they cannot play Travis Shaw at third base anymore. No one's talking about it. You don't see any articles from the sports net people, baseball central. They're not like, why isn't Travis Shaw playing third base anymore? We've been saying that he can't play third base. And guess what? Kevin Bijou has been playing third base or, or Joe Panic every game now. They they do not trust Shaw at that third base, and I, I, I just want to give us a pat on the back for for calling that, for talking about it, and I don't I don't know how no one's mentioned it. Yeah, I, BGO looked a little uncertain at third base last night, but it's so hard to put any kind of disappointment on him for the amount of position changes that he's made this year, and he's not really a third baseman, but I do like him over there more than uh, at third base there is a vladdy issue at first though mm-hmm. that's uh and that's that's where for me i'm like should travis shaw be playing first base i don't know i mean neither of them are stellar defenders but it's crunch time man it's not about like development it's not about somebody trying to learn a position it's not about uh believing in somebody's ability to adapt it's it's about wins it's about getting outs and getting wins and so i don't know that's that's i'm happy with biggio at third but there's a bit of a first base issue yeah yeah there is um i don't i don't know i don't feel as concerned about it i i will say that what was it friday night the game when everyone was pissed off at flat again for being out of position halfway to or over halfway to second base going for a ball and not being able to cover and then Dolis gets gets hurt trying to cover first base um I didn't I didn't actually see that game I know I saw all the vitriol on on Twitter but uh, to me I'm I'm leaving Vlad there even in the playoffs I I, I don't know uh Shaw Shaw is a designated hitter to me more than Vlad and I want I want like we're not, we're not going to win the World Series, right? I know, I know. I I think we heard a <laughs> a, a caller and <laughs> on uh, Baseball Central have a similar question and take on this, and I feel like I I sort of agree that you know this is my guy. Vlad is the the cornerstone of my franchise right now with with Bichette, and I don't really want him DHing every day. And we moved him over to first base. It's our own faults for not playing him every day at first base, so that he can get these, these you know, growing pains out of the way a bit earlier. But I think I think I think it's it just kind of stays the way it is. And if 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 the high performance department says Vlad's got a DH today, we'll DH him. And if not, put him in at first base. If if Rowdy's not here, I think that's. An excellent point. Trust goes a long way in somebody's comfortability. If you know that somebody trusts you, if somebody believes in you, and if somebody sticks with you through hard times at first base, that is going to go a long way for Vladdy's mentality with this team in his confidence because you want the kid to be confident at the plate. I don't care what he does at first base. He's got to be confident at the plate because he can be so dynamic at the plate. And that, so that's a really good point that, you know, you're not going to win the World Series. Why not make the kid feel like you believe in him? Hmm. And is, is he the first baseman of the future or is he our DH? I think he's got to be the first baseman of the future. Right. He has to be. Yeah. You don't. I think so too. Yeah. So let's, let's see what we got in him and, and give him the opportunity 
to experience if he is going to make some errors and it happens in the playoffs, that is more than anything the thing that's going to want to drive him, stick in his memory of that time when nobody was watching and and uh, he he made that error in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I I'm I'm leaving him there. Is Bo Bichette taking a lot more first? pitch strikes these days are you noticing that maybe it's maybe it's a conscious thing he's trying for a bit knowing that pitchers had adjusted to him and we're starting to throw breaking balls because he swings at every first pitch no matter what it seems like he, he's taken every single time right now yeah it was funny because even in the broadcast last night he was up at the plate and i think it was when the bases were loaded and dan shulman was like you think he's going to be loaded up for a first pitch fastball and him and buck were like <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> and then first pitch fastball, 0-1-1, But then just adjusts. Yes. To, to an 0-2 fastball yep. again, and he dumps it into the outfield. In my mind, I started to think, it's like, is the injury gotten to, has the injury sort of made him a bit like trust his two-strike approach more than his than his regular let it all fly approach and that he has a bit more control or something in his legs like just feels better so he's just like I'm, i just gotta let it get to my two strike approach and i don't want to i don't know there's some maybe there's something in that because again he just he just lets his hands do the work and gets those hits i mean if if he hurt his knee from the amount of torque he puts on his knee in those in those aggressive first pitches and second pitches that he sees in at bats and he knows that this team is going to be headed to the playoffs and he wants to be a part of it because that would kill him to be sitting in the bleachers while this team is battling it out in the first round of playoff series maybe he has made an adjustment that says look I am better on the field than off the field, so I'm going to make a little bit of an adjustment, maybe not be quite as aggressive, and he's still extremely productive. The fact that he can make that adjustment and do the things that he's doing right now, man, we've got a hell of a player on our team. Yep. Yep, we sure do. And you know what? It feels like we've got a hell of a team right now, and and that's even with with uh, Rowdy out. But just having, just having Tay Oscar back and Bichette back, the energy that we have back in the team and and just you know last night again like just seeing our offense go off again and after the week that we've had i feel like i feel like the city of toronto needs the blue jays to have a good week this week i feel like we lost all of our momentum with that losing streak and the excitement that was building around the blue jays and 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 that we were going to the playoffs all that feels like it's gone the timing of it couldn't have been better too because the Yankees have Garrett Cole on the mound tonight. Mm-hmm. And so if you had a like just, you know, had a shitty loss last night, then you go into Garrett Cole and you lose again. That that the win last night was exactly what the doctor ordered and exactly how they did it too with the offense just kind of erupting. Because if the pitching's going to be suspect, if the pitching's going to be inconsistent, if the starters aren't going to be able to go long in games, you need this team to win it with the sticks. Yep. And that's what they did last night. Yeah. And it's going to be really tough to do that tonight. So thank God they won last night. All of that being said, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if it's even possible during the pandemic to try and capture the hearts of the city anymore. Like, like, like the same way that we did in 15 and 16. Like even when I'm watching now, I watch every single night. This excitement isn't building for me from night to night. It's just, it's just baseball. 
it's just this four-hour thing that I watch every night, and one day it feels like it will it will be baseball that's called the playoffs, and it won't even feel different there. And people people won't be packed into living rooms. People won't be at the bars. Like the city, I, I just don't feel it. And maybe that's because I don't I don't go out. I'm not I'm not experiencing the the city and hanging out with all my friends and getting my getting trying to get my other friends into baseball and on to watching the Blue Jays. But because people who can't go and see this game live, that's and especially in a stretch run in a, in a September run going to the playoffs. And if you see one of these games live, if you saw last night live, this thumping of the New York Yankees on our way to the playoffs next week or two weeks from now. Yeah, that's you build a baseball fan for life from from a night like that. It's such a good point because the, that's what it's missing. It's missing that community aspect, that community aspect that the fan, the individual fan, feels like they're a part of this this momentum and this ride, and that we're all doing it together. And when you can witness that on your TV with fans in the mm-hmm. stands, you're with them. You see the cheers and the hollers and the excitement and the breath and the September night, and that that is missing it's hard to know if we're all together it's hard to know if we're all feeling the same and that we're we're all extremely excited do we get locked into our own individual neurotic uh pessimism and and judgments because i know that 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 happens to me at times because i i feel alone watching it so i'm just with myself i don't i don't have that visual of feeling like i'm part of this tribe but i think we have to believe that we are still all out there and that we're all wanting this team to win and that this season is probably, for the most part, a lot more exciting than we thought that it was going to be. Oh, for sure. For sure. But, but yeah, you're so right. It feels like we're, we're all siloed, you know, and even, even me, I do a, you and I, we do a baseball podcast every single day, you know, and all I feel like I have is just like these same people that, that, post on Twitter about it or like the people who who do sports center and talk about the Blue Jays but I don't know like are are are, are down the street are new people watching baseball this year being like whoa the blue hey have you heard the Blue Jays are are pretty good you should watch a baseball game I don't I don't know I don't feel yeah. like that's happening <laughs> yeah it's hard to know it's such a difficult thing to know yeah yeah it's it it feels sad it feels sad, and I don't know if, if it's going to to change. Like, is if next year we're gonna, you know, the team's gonna be better. The team's going to get better. You know that you can see how good the front office is at making moves now that make the team better quickly, and how how long we've been planning to be good with these young people. Bring up Alejandro Kirk out of nowhere, mashing. You know, how, how many more of these guys do we have? Pat, Patrick Murphy came in last night, chucking 97, 98. Yeah. TJ Zoic, like, you know, he's he's not like something super special. We've been, But we've been hearing about Murphy for a while. He was on fire before his delivery was called illegal. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with those two guys and, and whoever else we have to see if they make it on the playoff roster. Because... What's more valuable, these guys who have been grinding out all season with us, who were extremely effective for most of the season, but are worn down now, or these new guys who are fresh, look good right now, but aren't necessarily proven? Do the tired guys have another gear that they can pull out for the postseason because they've worked for it? Or do we go with these guys who haven't been seen by all these other teams that we've been facing and 
look good right now. Yeah, it, it's really shocking because like when, when the season started, we had this bullpen, we, you know, because of the expanded roster, you have all these extra arms and we were like, oh my God, we've got so many guys in the bullpen uh, who could also be starters who are like, you know, shoving it in these middle innings in the, from the bullpen. And then, you know, things start to taper off a bit and then boom, here comes Patrick Murphy. Here comes TJ Zoic. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, when we started the season two, we're like, oh, what great catching depth we have. Maybe we could make some trades. We got Danny Jansen. We got Reese McGuire. We also of Caleb Joseph out there who could fill a spot if you wanted to trade one of them. And then, boom, in comes Alejandro Kirk. And it's like, wow, it's just like this just keeps coming. And we get guys coming up who can produce at the major league level immediately. And so not just excitement for this year, but the years continuing. And there's still some big names we haven't even seen yet. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I wonder, that's such a good point. And I feel like Alejandro Kirk is such an interesting experiment for like creating a new identity for how you treat prospects. Like, what if what if the Blue Jays front office is like, okay, huh, Kirk, he was mashing it at single A. Well, what about Jordan Groshans, who was killing it at double A or something last season or single A, wherever he was? Or why don't we just? You know, why don't we just give him a shot? And what if he comes up and he's he's amazing too? And we can have them now, you know, because yeah. maybe 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 the world is is changing. Maybe the baseball world is changing. Maybe the youth. I mean, it obviously is changing. The the younger you are, the the that's the prime is changing, right? Well, I think the pandemic also forced people's hands because there was no minor leagues. Yep. So, you know, it, it made more sense to bring up Kirk and just see what he could do because he wasn't really getting the development anyway. And, it, you know, it, it begs the question on, like, how fast can a guy like Austin mm-hmm. Martin come up maybe next year? Because who, who knows what the world looks like next year? I think we just assume everything's back to normal next season. It's probably not no. going to be, though. No, it's not. It's not. Um, wow. Okay, a bit of a... Bit of an intense uh, discussion here, a bit of an <laughs> intense feeling, um, but we're, we're facing Garrett Cole tonight, and I just want to say to all those people, you know, going back on what I was talking about earlier, to all the listeners out there, tell your friends, try and get try and get one other person to watch a watch a Blue Jays game. Try and let's try and build this this community and build this push and get behind these guys going into a playoff series and see if we can we can find a way to create a community for the Blue Jays um, because it's it is an exciting season and we are going to have a playoff series for the first time since 2016 four years ago um, let's go out and I think I've, I don't know I've got a weird weirdly good feeling that we're gonna we're gonna beat Garrett Cole tonight. I don't know why. I don't. I didn't have that feeling last time. I feel like the the guys are on a new wave. I think the Yankees had some sort of like explosion, some sort of uh, eye open. Uh, what 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 is that enlightenment where they were like we're amazing? And I feel like that's kind of like dissipated, and they've kind of come back down to earth. And uh, we're we're primed to ride it out. And even if we don't win tonight, I feel like we're going to be competitive, and it's not just going to be a home run dinger fest. Even though we have Roark on the mound tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I I'm feeling good right now too. So I I'm excited to see what they do against Garrett Cole. Yeah, and let's keep it going. All right, we will be back here tomorrow. Um, have a, have a great night, everybody, and day, and and morning, or whatever. Whenever you're listening to this, life, ha- life. have a great, have a good life. Have a good life. Have a good life.